Dear Ann Landers, my husband Dear and I Abby, are in shock. I'm extremely upset. My son got married in Dear Ann Landers, I'm very happy to hear that his wife is working out of a woman here at She thinks way too much of herself. She had to get married. Dear Pod. that your life curse is that whatever event, whatever gathering you try to create, there is always a random that gets dropped into your group that ruins everything. Every fucking thing. That's your storyline. Like how my storyline is, if I stand still too long, someone's going to talk to me. (laughs) Like we all have a disease. We all have that one thing that we have been cursed with. And I love that yours is the random ruiner. Then at one point she asked Marks about, you know, Mormonism and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, here we go. So this can go one of two ways. Like, oh my God, it's so terrible. Or it can go, does your mom have 12 husbands or does your dad have 12 wives? Like things like that. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And it went to like, um, you know, like the Mormon, you know. Slate like, Tabernacle mm- Choir, like let it be a weird left turn. Right. They're, you know, he's like, you know, that at the end of life that you all get your own planet. Wait, and what? I'm like, that's a thing? And he's like, <laughs> yes, because you're all like guaranteed people. And, that's and Scientology, then, isn't it? You know what? I, I know and I don't know. But then there was a part where um, Marcus was talking about conversion therapy, <gasps> which is a slippery slope. If you're not like, sometimes you're just going to be like, oh, my God, that's terrible. And who wants another cocktail? It doesn't go into like something else. And then she kind of spun it into, she's, she kind of was like, um, you know, that, that scene in the family stone. My most hated I, of all movies. Okay. Yes. Okay. So at the, at the dinner table where Sarah Jessica Parker is trying to, she asks a question, but she's so <laughs> nervous to ask it. So she asks it in a very like nervous way where everything just comes out wrong. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I was like, um, when she's like, well, surely you didn't really want to have a gay son because, <gasps> you know, and, you know, things, things like that. So it sort of came out along those lines. And my sister, I don't know where she's like, no, 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 you're, you're her, his parents were denying who he is. That's what the, the issue was. And I love she's like, she no, 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 I, I get it. I get it. But, and she kept going down. And then I, I'm like, oh, damn it. <laughs> like, I'm like, I love you more than any one of these assholes. At my table. Oh. I turned it, I did like the Diane Keaton, like, I, like, like you're throwing the fork across the table. Like yeah. I, I didn't, I was like, oh my God. Followed by sign language. Just, yeah. you know what that was like? Did I ever tell you about the guy that I went on two dates with that? Oh, you know, I'm surprised that I didn't date him for six more months. Cause I was like, this guy's a jackass. <laughs> Can't wait to see you guys at the wedding. <laughs> we, we went out one night with my best friend and, uh, and her, she brought her sister along and her mm-hmm. sister is like, she was in her 20s, thin, beautiful, blonde, gorgeous, just wearing like a a black cocktail dress, nothing major. And he was like, oh, you look like one of those high-end prostitutes. And he said yeah. it totally seriously. And mm-hmm. we thought we were like, is he joking? But then he was like, no, 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 no. And then she, look at the look on her face, the look on all of our faces, like he just called her a high-end prostitute. And he's like, no, 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 no. I'm not talking about, I'm talking about like the girls on Fifth Ave. You know, you know, the ones that get a lot of money for sex, like the ones that make a lot of money. And I was like, you need to stop opening the mouth now. Yes, they keep they, they keep, keep digging further in and in and they get in a pit. And sometimes yes. it's so fun to watch. But if you're on a date with that person, you're like, or I could just, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to call a cab. We didn't have Ubers <laughs> back when I was dating that guy. Ubers. Even uh, yeah, that, I was I, like, I, he is horrible. Horrible. One more it date. Just, yeah, one more date. Just need to one more, work. just one more year. <laughs> I'll just stick um, with it until I make him what I want him to be. It was just uh, one of the, she's like, let's go get a drink. And I'm like, no. oh, fuck. And my sister really just wanted to go to bed. And she's like, well, she's like, there's a, there's a bar in, in our hotel. I'm like, okay, well, let's go there. 
These are always the ones that want to do this ride or die drinking too. Where you're well, just then we like, go to oh. this. I'm like, well, you know what? I'll, I'll walk you to your hotel. What hotel so, was um, this? It was a Hilton. I don't, on like 26th Street or 36th Street and something. Yeah. So I'm like, All right, it's already bad. So I'm like walking <laughs> and I'm like, mm, where's your hotel? Because like nothing's good on the side streets. So I'm like, she's like, it's over here. I'm like, this Holiday Inn? Oh. No. She's like, oh, God, no. It's that one over there. And I looked across the street. I'm like, it's literally identical, except for once it's Hilton and once it's Holiday Inn. And they're like, yeah, the bar's on the roof. I'm like, oh, maybe it's sexy. No. And you walk in and there's a lifeguard chair and a separate elevator to go to the roof, which so it's like a beach themed. And I'm like, oh, no, no. So we're like, so is this the only elevator to take us to the roof? They're like, mm hmm. Mm hmm. I'm like, OK. I'm like, you know what? This could be fun. This could be fun. Oh, you are so good to try to convince yourself that this is going to end well. Right. So then uh -huh. we go upstairs and it's like, they're like, do you have a reservation? We're like, <laughs> A reservation. No, it's a Hilton in K-Town. Get over yeah. yourself. Right. I'm like, no. They're like, oh, well, we only really have uh, uh, bar tops and uh, otherwise you'll have to wait. I'm oh, like, you know what? I'm just going to go down okay. and grab that weird little sand chair that you had yeah. from Walmart and I'll bring that up and I'll just sit in that instead. Like this is like the Ricky Lake green room. No <laughs> one is here clearly <laughs> to have any fun. And now so Wendy Williams. Like, yeah. And they're like, well, you can you can sit here. And I'm like, um, it's a, a dirty, ragged rug, circle rug, <gasps> surrounded by four chair swings like you're at a park. Oh, I can't. Why Why are you still here at this point? The second that they would say to me, you need a reservation, I'd be like, I'm done. I'm tapping out. Well, my sister's friend's like, well, this is fun. And I look at her and I'm like, is it? You're from it not fun? here, aren't you? Right. So you're then I sit Chicago. down. Yeah, I sit down as if I'm in like you know, Rosalind Russell's Annie Mame, where all those couches were like you could move them with a lever. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, this is unstable. And like now I'm supposed to try to drink on it. Like it was just, she's like, maybe I'll just go to bed. I'm like, that's a great idea. It's like Cosmo's levels in Seinfeld. I'm thinking right. levels. Yeah. And they're like, well, you know what? Why don't I just walk into your car? I'm like, I'm just going to get a cab. So they walk me downstairs and like, oh, there's a downstairs bar. I'm like, get what is happening? <laughs> Why is it every time I turn around, there's another fucking place to try to drink? To wedge yourself in. Why didn't you just go back to somebody's hotel room at that point? For the love of God. And also, They're like, oh, there's nothing. live music. I was like, <clears throat> oh. Like you come all, it's like my aunt coming all the way from to New York City to eat at the Olive Garden. She yeah. got off the bus and she was like, I need an Olive Garden. You're in the, this was pre-COVID, in the place where some of the best Italian restaurants in the world exist. And she's like, no, unlimited breadsticks. Thank God for the Johnny Depp trial, because that, that has really kept me sane during my days here at home. You can only watch so much Netflix and you don't want to burn out Ozark because there's only so many of them left. And once they're done, they're done. That's right, so, never going back. We're never going back. So I, I've just been like chronically binging the Johnny Depp trial. One of the funniest things I've ever seen. And that's how I sort of survived the week leading up to the very important weekend and the endurance trial day that was the TED Talk. Can we to talk about it? I think we to can. Let's to go in. I have to tell you. Okay, first of all, I emceed the day, the whole day, and it is a very long day because there's a lot of TED Talks. It's very nutrient-dense, but the people who come to see it know that they're in for like a day at the Greek theater. It starts at two, it goes till six, and there, you know, oh, we slaughter Christ. a goat before everybody comes in, you know, the usual, at sunrise, and... um but you as the TED Talkers and me specifically as the MC, it's like everybody gets there at 10 and we start, you know, like teching through the show because there's lots of, everybody's got slides and graphs and charts and things like that to figure out. And uh, a couple of, it was very like star-studded uh, TED Talkie day because Siobhan Fallon was, was one of the TED Talkers. What's it that? Tell me you remember Siobhan Fallon. I was like, why do I know this name? She was in, in one of the best seasons of SNL 
this was like the Mike Myers season, but it was the Melanie Hutzel season that she was one of the Delta, Delta, Delta girls. The redheaded one. Couldn't have been nicer. I geeked out. But I wanted to get like pictures and videos and stuff. And it just didn't happen because they gave me my own dressing room, like far away from everybody else. They took very good care of me. They were like, here's the MC. She's going to be running the whole event. We're going to give her a whole room by herself. And let me tell you what? Needed. Necessary. I have never thought before that I'm like, I deserve this room by myself. It was so it was such a long day for me that I needed that. But I told you how I threw out the TED Talk that I was originally going to do, right? What was the one before Joy? No, it was it was always Joy. The theme was always Joy. Mm-hmm. But here's what. Yeah, because I haven't seen you since everything happened. So I had, when they came to me in 2020, the theme was joy. So they're like right on joy. Like, so Siobhan Valen did a thing about uh, joy of self-producing because she produced her own movie. David Burke was there. He's like that. He was on Top Chef and Celebrity Restaurateur. Not restaurateur. Restaurateur, I have learned. Restaurateur. Restaurateur. So he did like joy of food. And, uh, you know, everybody had their joy of whatever it was that they wanted to talk about. Joy of sex. Absolutely. And they were like, you can't do that, ma'am. You are over 30. People don't want to hear it from you. So I did, my theme was joy drought. And this was back in 2020. And it was going to be all about how people are unhappier than ever. (laughs) That's what I said in January of 2020. People are unhappier than ever. And comics will be like first responders in the fight against the joy drought. Great pitch, blah, blah, blah. So cut to two years later, I figure I'll still do the same talk. So I make it all funny and wacky and I add pictures and charts and graphs, ridiculous shit, you know, to make, I was like, I got a PowerPoint presentation. That's half of the gig right there. And then two days before the TED, I'm working on it with a friend of mine. And she goes, that's, it's not, this isn't your talk. There was one little section of my talk that we started talking about after I ran through stuff with her. And she goes, that's what it is. She's like, you're not, I kept talking about like the global joy drought and people are miserable and this is bad. You know, it's like made it like about here, out here. Mm -hmm. And then she goes, I think it's about your own joy drought. I think you were really unhappy before the pandemic hit. And I was like, (laughs) Oh God. Here it comes. (laughs) And then like cried for two straight days. And so I changed it all. And I called the Ted people on Thursday and I was like, Hey, uh, I'm going to change my whole talk, my whole talk and, um, get rid of all the, everything I sent to you. I'm sending you a handful of pictures And um, we're going to see what happens. So on the day of the TED Talk. Now, mind you, this thing, TED Talks have a lot of global reach because of their YouTube. It's like, how many, I don't know about you, but I've watched a crap ton of TED Talks. You know? And so people see you through that lens. So I'm like, I didn't even think I was just like I know that I can't go back in and say what I was gonna say because it doesn't feel genuine now so on the morning of the TED I got there at 10 I checked in and I went down into the dressing room and I kind of wrote through I I wrote some ideas down that was it that was all I did and I went out for my TED and I was like so I threw my TED talk away two days ago because I had a revelation. Um, and then I cried for two days, 70% because of the revelation, but 30% over the fact that I was going to have to rewrite my TED talk. So my TED went from 12 pages to this. And I showed them my hand and I had like five things written on my hand. I was like, this is my TED talk. Do you want to hear it? I was like, let's go along for the ride. So they were all game. And then I started talking and I, Patty, I live on stage. 
Like I live there and I'm always alone there now because I do stand up and I'm always hyper aware of like what I'm doing. You know, I'm very conscientious and cognizant of a very well thought out, like things that, that can sometimes seem really off the cuff are usually like more planned than you think. And I did not do that. I left my body and I hovered somewhere outside of my body and I just started sure. to talk. I just started to TED talk. <laughs> but basically it was just about how I started to talk about the fact that like when you do this for a living, when you are in the joy making business, you go into it for a reason. You go into it because when you were a kid, you had a moment where you, somebody laughed, like a, a room full of people laughed at you for the first time. And then you become addicted to that and then you chase that dragon for your entire life. But at a certain point when you decide this is your business and you want this as your business, it becomes a business. And with that come the trappings of business, the grind, the, the, the constant having to compare yourself to other people. Why am I not getting this? Why is she getting that? Why is he getting this? Why? And then you get caught up in the, the static and the noise of the grind of the process. And you are your own engine that is like pushing your train up a mountain. But you're also the conductor. You're the guy who runs the cafe car. You're all the passengers. You're the guy who changes the gears and oils the thing. And it gets exhausting being that all the time. So I I just asked the audience. I was like, what do you, who, who here followed? You know, whoever said like, follow your passion and you'll never work a day in your life was full of shit. Is what I said. I said, you'll work harder than you ever thought you would. And I said, you know, so I was like asking the audience, what do you do? Some woman's like, I'm a nurse and a psychologist. And I was like, well, God, you must have burned out on that. She's like, no. And I was like, moving on, you're full of crap. (laughs) And went to like a couple other people, whatever. and, And some girl was like, porn star. And I was like, yeah, I got so excited. And she was like, I'm just kidding. And I was like, don't you walk into my TED talk and say porn star and then go JK LOL because that's too good. And then I started to talk about the grind of the porn star, which is an actual grind. So other than that, like, I don't really know what happened. I know I was talking. I know I got emotional. Mm -hmm. I hope I made a good point. I hope I made an impact. I had a couple of people reach out to me on, on the social needs and say very kind things. Because it connected with them, which is so wild. And uh, it was just a wicked emotional day. And then I- I'm, I'm going to be fascinated to see it. Just because I, le- I went so far off into the realm of what is going on that I don't know. So I'm going to have Jules watch it first. I know I got off stage and I felt sick to my stomach. So that's good. <laughs> right? Okay. Uh, <laughs> is it? <laughs> downstairs and I called him and I was like I don't know what just happened but it's going to be all over YouTube (laughs) (laughs) it was an out of body experience day and apparently it was wild to watch for them so that's a good thing I mean I've gotten Mm -hmm. enough feedback now where I don't think it's not like I I went on stage and I was like now my TED talk is this and I dropped trout and showed everybody my ass you know that's too bad well if I get invited back, there's no saying that that won't happen. But and I, how long did you talk for? I don't. I blacked out about that too. You know, they're supposed to be ten minutes, but they were like, "Take as much time as you need." And I was like, "Don't say that to me, because <laughs> you're gonna have to get the hook and drag me off the stage." So I think it was probably about fifteen minutes. Um, but I, my friend MK, who's the one who booked me on this whole thing to begin with, and. Michael Kors. Michael Kors. He was waiting out there and he's like, that tote bag did not go with those slacks. And I was like, don't say slacks. Um, She was like, that was wild to watch because it was like watching somebody (laughs) in real time have a very uh, enlightening event happen. So it was very cool for them, I think. So I don't know. We're going to see what happens, kids. Frankly, I'm going to let everybody else watch it before me. So... You know, 
Can't wait for the comments to come rolling in because I did put up my handle, my social media handle at the end of it. And I was like, but this is a business and um, I do shamelessly promote. So reach out to me on I mean, Instagram and let me know if you've had that experience. It was real fun. It was wild. Yeah. We welcome you to Dear Pod, the comedy advice podcast. I'm your host, Travis Baca. I don't even know who that is, but oh. I am... <laughs> Naomi Judd. All right. Sure. Oh, no. And we're coming to you from the Maha'a bar in the beautiful Pineapple Ranch. Can I hear it? Boo! You suck! Oh. All right. <laughs> oh, memories. All three glorious years. <laughs> so this week, like all weeks, we're bringing you the advice articles of Ann Landers and Dear Abby. We're hauling them out and we're dragging their asses to court and we're airing all their dirty laundry for the world to see. Or we're just reading their articles. And we're talking about feces, feces on the bed. So what are you waiting for? Follow us on your your social medias. There we go. At Deerpod Official on your Insta, your Twitter, your face. We have a website where you can binge every lost sexy episode, deerpodofficial.com. We have an email address. Please email us your advice questions, deerpodofficial at gmail.com. Guess what? We also are on YouTube. Go to YouTube. Look up Dear Pod. We'll be there. YouTube and your pod. And finally, but most importantly, we have a Patreon page. Patreon.com slash Dear Pod Official, where for a mere three or five dollars a month, you can become a subscriber and get extra special tidbots. Tidbots! I did it again, you guys! Tidbits in your inner mm. box every week. One of the perks of being a Patreon member is that you get a very special shout out on your day of birth. Right here on the on the YouTube. No, wait, not on the well, fucking on all of it. You get a special shout out on your birthday, damn it, from us. We're gonna give some love to our Patreon birthday today, which is Nicole Mulroney. That's right, Nicole, you were born on May 12th. The Lord said, let Nicole Mulroney come down to earth and become a Patreon subscriber for Dear Pod. You have fulfilled your mission here on this planet. Now Xenu's gonna give you a new planet. Good for you, Nicole. And happy birthday to you. You wanna say happy birthday to her? Happy birthday, Nicole. Oh yeah, we're on a Zoom today because damn it, it's just so hard to get together these days, you know. With the driving and the traffic and the whatnot. So I kind of like this. Every now and then we do a Zoom. It's nice to not be in the same room as you is what I'm saying. Well, seeing as though you've got some kind of weird fucking Flemish thing that's coming across Yeah, I have a Renee Flemmy cough. And uh, I don't know. It's just just hanging on is what it is. That's what coughs like to do. Mm, They're mm, hanger-oners, you know. It's like, um, who's a celebrity hanger-oner? Who do you say? Kim Kardashian is the OG hanger-owner of uh, Paris Hilton. Yes, that is correct. Who did you just say? Tara Lipinski? Tara Reid. Oh, (laughs) one of the Taras. (laughs) Tara She's a Tara. Whatever happened to her? It's her long tour, so I don't know. I don't know. It's an unfortunate tanning incident. I don't know. Uh, I'm very excited for this theme this week because uh, I don't know about you. I was very inspired by the return of Ozark. So this week, our theme is drugs, baby. Drugs. So um, I'm very excited to see Ruth again. Oh, my God. I, we have not started. I'm very excited. Oh, my God. I'm already too in, Patty. I'm too into the finals. Uh-uh. Now, when we, uh-uh. when we last saw Ruth, she lost her mind. And oh my God, you know what? I think Julie Whatsernut is becoming like my favorite actress. Is that her name? Julie Whatsernut. Julie, uh-huh. I don't know. I almost said Julia Julie Duffy and that is not right at all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good one too. I, I know, I know. But Julie, Julie, you know, she's had a banner year with Inventing Anna and now Ozark. You know, she's, she's wicked talented. She's also in Dirty John, if you haven't checked that out. That Dirty John, good. really? Okay, why have I not? Yeah. Julie Garner, um, shout out to Julie Garner. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if she was a Patreon subscriber? It's 
uh, James Garner's daughter. What? Really? No, oh my no, God. I, was, I would 100% buy that. Well, Travis Barker is Bob Barker's long lost grandson. <laughs> Who's Travis Barker? So Ozark is back. I feel like it's time to revisit the topic of drugs for which there are many articles. Did you find a lot? Yes, of course I did. Of course. Then why don't you tee us off? Let's talk about okay. drugs, baby. This is from the Messenger Inquirer, Orangeboro, Kentucky, Jan- June 12th, 1984. Good place for drugs. Dear Abby, Sue, not her real name, and I are engaged to be married. We have gone together for nearly two years and we are both in our mid-20s. The, the other night she said she'd like to get me high on pot just to see how it, it would affect me. I have never tried pot, and I told Sue I had no desire to. She said she had smoked it occasionally with the guy she went with before she met me, and she was re- and when she was really high in pot, the sex was really terrific. Not that she didn't enjoy sex with me, but it was incredible with pot. <laughs> I feel I, like pot <laughs> is a character in this letter. Yeah. High on the pot. I told her I didn't care to smoke pot, and if she did, she had the wrong guy. Abby, Sue had never mentioned pot before, and her sudden interest in in it worries me. What do you make of this, and what should I do? Signed, Bewildered. Dear Bewildered, initiate an honest, open discussion with Sue, making it crystal clear that you're not interested in smoking pot. As Sue said, it may enhance a sexual experience, but hear this. Studies done with male laboratory animals show that the principal chemical in marijuana, THC, lowers the level of testosterone, the principal male sex hormone, decreases sperm count, and causes abnormalities in the sperm. Also, one of the most widely accepted misconceptions about marijuana is that it is not physically or psychologically addictive. Not true. It is. I don't mean to preach, but people who start using drugs rarely have a prayer. Oh, my God, you moved a chair right at the end of that. It sounded like you let one rip, which, by the way, is the best way to end any of your articles. If you could just, like, just like. So what do you think about that? (laughs) I'm such a five-year-old. I can't imagine anyone. I I can't even imagine having sex on pot. I'd be like, oh, this is so good. Do you want some wings? I am so hungry right now. You know what? This is this is great, but let's just eat the rest of this cake instead. I don't mean to be gross or anything, but I'm about to eat your face. I'm so so hungry. I just want to sleep on your chest. That's all I want to do. I don't want. I'm about to. I'm about to eat your dick. I'm so hungry. (laughs) I mean, have you ever seen this? Is okay. I'm gonna have you check something if you have not ever seen this before. Helen Hunt, just say no video. Oh my God. Okay. There was a bit like before Helen Hunt was, uh, was a, an Academy award winner before she appeared in that classic timeless twister before she looked like an unmade bed in just in as good as it gets. According to my aunt, uh, she did a little video about what happens when you do drugs. And this was before um, girls just want to have fun. This is like vintage Helen Hunt. So just right now, because I need for you to see this, go to the YouTube and put in Helen Hunt, just say no. Otherwise, also known as Mad About Crank. Okay, so has she done the bump of cocaine yet? Yeah. Oh, and he's now making, they're making, she's out. making out with this like gross. Uh, yep, there it is. <laughs> that took a turn. does crack or cocaine or something with this guy in a bathroom in a different part of the school, loses her mind, jumps out a window, rolls around on the ground, tries to scratch her skin off, 
and this with, is with part a, of a just a, say no campaign. <laughs> so also, it's like it's very calm. They make it seem very like, hey, just sniff this. It's gonna be okay. Yeah, no I big don't deal. Know. And now I'm gonna kiss you. And then a very quick cut to the like what I would assume is like any kind of horror background music and then she bursts through a play glass window on the third floor Burst. gets on the ground rolls around picks up the shatter glass and tries to cut herself with it like wow that took a like that is that is a hit <laughs> what did he give her <laughs> jesus christ and frankly where can i get it oh my god it was like <laughs> here's a, here take this rat poison also that like this had production value, you know, like she had a stunt girl and they're like, okay, so now you put on the Helen Hunt wig. I want you to scream bloody murder and burst through the second floor window just to land on the bottom. Then we'll yell cut. Then we're going to put Helen Hunt mm-hmm. in there. She's going to roll around on the glass. And, and this is what happens when you do crack. Yeah. Mad about crack. Mad about crack. crank. Crank. Yeah. So uh, mm-hmm. if you're listening right now, stop what you're doing. Check out that video and just know yeah. that that is the best ad to do it, I think. Um, I think it's more of an endorsement. <laughs> I just... <laughs> I can't... I thought that she did weed. That's why I thought it was extra funny because I was like, I love the idea of somebody smoking weed and getting so ramped up that they jump out a second floor window. Yeah. Everybody does this. Everybody does this drug. Yeah, everybody does. Yeah, everybody does it. Everybody, everybody. does it. Ha- haven't you noticed like an increase in glass sales? Because everyone's jumping out of their fucking windows. Everybody gets their windows replaced. What? Oh, was your weekend? Oh, Susie jumped out of four windows this weekend, so we had to replace all like, of them. And all the parents are at Home Depot every Saturday, being like, oh. Don't even get me started. I'll talk to you on Monday. Timmy, Timmy went out the front door this time. Real pay- That's tough, too, because that's solid oak. Yeah, and a screen. So we're out glass and a screen. <laughs> Do you know how many anyway. times we have to replace these things? This is getting ridiculous. Everybody I can't believe what these kids crank. are doing. Yeah, this is terrible. Stop I don't know where they learn these a- things. Why are you hanging out with Helen Hunt anymore? I'll Do see you at the key party. You are ruining our home. <laughs> I have a Home Depot card that's that's ranked up to twenty five grand now because you're hanging out with Helen Hunt and doing crank with her. Can you pick a different drug? Do marijuana with those girls in the bathroom. They seem chill. Yeah, I'm sure hair. they have wonderful sex. <laughs> oh, speaking of sexy, sexy time, I have an article for you from La Crosse Tribune from La Crosse, Wisconsin, October 17, 1968. LSD user has fears and writes for facts. Dear Ann Landers, in a weak moment, I took LSD. I am a college student, male, 20 years of age. Since that time, I've heard LSD alters the chromosomes of the body and one can expect deformed children. I am now steering clear of serious romantic involvements because I dare not risk such unhappiness for any girl. Do you know of any tests to determine if the chromosomes have been damaged to the extent that the children would be deformed? Kindly answer through your column as it would seriously upset my parents if they knew the burden I carry. My anxiety is enough for the entire family. Signed, Michigander. Of course it's Michigan. What else are you going to do out there? Here's what Anne has to say. Dear Michigander, I asked Nobel Prize winner Joshua Lederberg of the Stanford University School of Medicine, one of the foremost authorities on genetics, the, uh, to answer your question. And here is his reply. Dear Ann Landers, please stop writing to me. Uh, this is in response to your query about the possibility of LSD producing deformed babies. Uh, several investigators have reported such effects. For example, Dr. William F. Ger- uh, Gerber of the Department of Pharmacology uh, Medical College of Georgia, Augusta. It is difficult to pin down the facts precisely, and I regard the matter as still controversial in spite of the circumstantial evidence. There is, however, one possible hazard of LSD which I would like to mention. We know humans can show long-delayed reactions to doses of LSD. 
we must now learn to what extent LSD enters the fetus across the placental barrier. So far as I know, there has been no investigation on this vital point. If Congress continues to slash the budgets for medical research, we may never know the answer. Signed, Joshua Lederberg, Professor of Genetics. Pulitzer Prize win- oh, Nobel Prize winning. Oh, God. Joshua! Since Anne didn't finish the answer, I'll just answer as Josh. Josh! <laughs> I don't trust a guy who's a Nobel Prize winner named Josh. Oh, You need okay. to change your name if you're going to win a Nobel Prize, first and foremost. LSD, you ever try it? <laughs> yeah, all the time. I'm doing it right now. A big acid user. Is acid, okay, I'm going to say the lamest thing ever. Is acid LSD? Or are they different? I assume that they are. Different? I don't, I don't, I've only done ecstasy. Oh, what was that? Okay, you need to tell me. Because I am such a non-drug person, because as we know, I would 100% for real be Helen Hunt. Like, if you gave me something, I would jump out a plate glass window. I think we should do that. Okay. Send me some I think, we sh- I think what we should do is, like, once a pod, we should give you something and just see how you react. <laughs> yeah, that would be I'll awesome. be fine. I, 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 yeah, I, I don't mind being kind of a guinea pig in this scenario. I'd like to see what happens. There, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm absolutely, I would, I'm such a non-drug user because I would get instantly paranoid. Instantly. You you give me Advil and I'm like, does everybody know I took Advil? I, I don't think I'd be, that's why I don't understand the weed culture. Well, what don't you understand about it? I can't, I've never found a thing that makes me relax with that, you know? And that's why I made the joke about the weed people act like matchmakers because they're like, you just haven't found the right strain, man. Let me introduce you to some five different strains. And I'm like, I don't want to test it. I don't enjoy it. I don't want to. Well, if you don't like it. Do you not like the act of smoking it or you don't like the way? I don't like the way I feel. I don't feel. I also feel like I lose some of my uh, words. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) (laughs) I'm way high right now. I just, just toked men. I'm I'm such a not relaxed looking smoker. It, it, it's a lot of effort. I'm an effortful person. Uh-huh. Are you so a you'd be like, lover? no. I used to be, but no. Did you? Edibles? No, no. LSD and acid are the exact same thing. Oh, okay. Good for them. And you haven't done any of that. In your no. clubbing days, you never go out clubbing and put it on a sugar cube and then put it on your tongue? Or was that 60s? <laughs> uh, no. 60s. What was ecstasy like? To Patty Duke. What happened? The first time wasn't the greatest experience I had. Um, I really like just lost my mind. And then I jumped out of this plate glass window at a club <laughs> and uh, tried to cut And then myself. you won an Academy Award? Go figure. And then I got all new teeth. And then the second time... Much better. I was at some, I was at the box uh, downtown. Okay. For the people who don't know what the box is, will you explain the box? The box is a wonderful place for a fine establishment. I think it's on Yelp. If you're looking, if you're looking for a good fun time out in New York City, I suggest the box. They have everything. Drinks, Small people in boxes, something that cuts off their clitoris on stage. Ping pong tricks? No, you didn't really see that at the box, did you? It goes along the lines of what is being shown. Wow! I gotta go to the box. Yeah, you should. But you have to stay really late. Let's go to the Hilton instead. The acts get worse as the night go on. And not worse, I mean, they just get more intense. How long did you stay? What's the latest you've been at the box? 4 a.m. (gasps) <gasps> For the record, this is the only box you've probably stayed in that long. Yeah, <laughs> not falling out. <laughs> Aside yeah. from birth, um, wait. So you were there. You left at four a.m. What was like? Tell me. I, I we got to get back to the drug, but now I just want to know real quick. When did you arrive? When did and you left at four? What was what was? I think like, I arrived at like eleven. Okay, what act was on stage when you came in, and what act was on stage when you left? I think it was just like a, a, a gentle dance routine, semi-nude. And then like towards like middle, there was like a lot of like piercing and blood thing because there was a man that was piercing his sack. And then um, then there was that woman that was angrily masturbating. Um, 
and I think that's I I don't really remember too much. After you that. blacked out. It was like, wow, it's like, I just remember if you, if you wipe too hard, you can probably get a sore. And I can't imagine just like, if you just like went to town on your vagina, like that, it's like a, that's like a, that's like a, like a paper cut that you gave yourself from the skin. What was she doing? Was she just on stage? She's like diddling her dangle, like intensely trying to like, I think she was trying to squirt. Hey, I think, I think, I think, I don't know. I wasn't in her head. You know, she wasn't, is this a, she wasn't monologuing while she was doing yeah. this. She wasn't like giving you a play by play. I don't know if this is, uh, you know, an explicit podcast or not, but that's what was happening. Wow. Okay. Okay. So you were on ecstasy when you were seeing this. I actually think that's yeah. probably the only way to go to the box. And did you have a good time when that happened? <laughs> did, like, did you have a good time on the, on the X? I mean, at some point I had to turn away because it was like, I don't, this isn't interesting. But isn't it like a hypersensory drug? So it must have yeah. amplified everything you saw. Well, yeah. It's kind of like one of those like 3D 3D posters that when you were growing up in the 90s and some game to you them. and you had to, you had to look for like the zebra that was like floating in the. Yeah. I never saw the yeah. sailboat. Never yeah. to this day. I haven't been able to figure it out. Well, it's really fucking difficult to give to someone who's colorblind because it, it's very difficult for that image to appear. Oh no. Oh wow. So it takes us an extra long time. Anyway. Anywho. Let's move I on. I want to hear more about your, L- your LSD. I want to hear about your <laughs> drug experiences, Helen Hunt. But give me another raw tickle. This is from the Kingston Whig stand- Standard, Kingston, Ontario, Canada, March 8th, 1980. Dear Abby, I've always thought you were fair. But when you said that the parents who smoked marijuana in front of their young child were guilty of child abuse, I couldn't believe my eyes. I'm a 37-year-old housewife married to a psychologist. We have four teenagers. My husband and I do not drink, but we do smoke marijuana. We have smoked it over 20 years, and we've never hidden the fact from our children. In case you didn't know, pot is legal in Alaska. Please get the the facts, Abby. Signed and formed. I thought you were going to say, please get the fuck out. (laughs) You were so intense. Dear informed, I did. Marijuana is no more legal in Alaska than it is in any other state of the United States. It is decriminalized. If over 18, a person may not have may not have more than one ounce on his person in public. If convicted, it would be a misdemeanor with a fine of not more than one thousand dollars. Not anymore, baby. Not anymore. Wait, is but that your corner store? Oh, well, I just, that's a good song. She didn't even acknowledge the fact that. Oh. That's not really like, you know, other than the fact that, it, you know, it's illegal. She's like, you know, I'm a, yeah, I'm she an did. educated woman. I've been smoking it for 20 years with my kid. But that's no, that it's, it's that she wanted to be right in that moment. Right. She's like, I've studied and I can see that it's, it's not legal in Alaska. Oh, wait, you do it in front of your kids. No, wait, wait, let's talk about that. You know what it reminds me of? Poltergeist. We can't do this again. I know, but it, it's just when they blaze up. <laughs> In their their room, and they're just the cool ass parents. I feel yeah. like the kids just know. The kids do know. They're relaxed. Picture- it's a relaxed family who has you know a they're bunch chill. of demons living under the baseboards. I mean, of their what house. you you better smoke something if you're living in a house with that many dead people. What if you found out the whole premise was that they had all just blazed the entire <laughs> house? They hot and all that was just yeah. They none of that actually happened. It was all a fever dream. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. And like, and like the next day, like the neighbors are like, have you gone over to Steven's house? I and mean, what <laughs> the fuck was happening there? Turning those lights on and off all night. It gave me a fucking headache. Wait, now and then she tracks. tried to go for a swim. Oh, she tried to go for a swim. <laughs> but it also tracks it. They're like, when they go across the street, they're like, you guys have, is, have your lights been like turning on and off? Have you been like experiencing some weird things? Like, Stuff moving around by itself? No, know? Stephen. We haven't. Did you? What about, okay, like, I put my kid on the floor and she slid from one side of the room <laughs> to the other. Did that ever happen to you? The chairs, what else you got? The chairs stack themselves, man. 
Did my house ever... was sucked into the back fence like it was <laughs> being sucked in by a vacuum. Is my house, if you look over my left shoulder, do you see my house? Is it, is it still there? Is it, just like, I don't want to turn on, but just, just let me know. Just let me know. Is my house still there? Okay. What if, what if Dudley Moore daughter. was actually Steven? <laughs> it's a, uh, what you're trying to tell me is that my house is gone. <laughs> That's my, I, I did a really shitty Dudley Moore, you guys. I'm sorry. We got to get somebody okay. who can specialize in Dudley Moore on this on this pod. Maybe it'll I be a very a very special Dudley Moore episode. Oh, I'd like that. Oh, wouldn't that be nice? You know what else would be nice? One more oh, article, God. the final article of the day. This comes from the Anderson Independent Mail, Anderson, South Carolina, January seventeenth, mm-hmm. nineteen eighty. Marijuana and calories do mix, dear Ann Landers. Does marijuana have any effect on the way a person's body burns up calories? I ask this question because my husband ran out of pot for a few days and dropped six pounds. I should tell you that Bob has been smoking dope for about ten years. He's had the daily habit for the last three. He smokes when he gets up, has a joint at lunchtime, and usually does two more numbers after supper. (laughs) This guy's not conscious at all. I'd say he goes through an ounce every three weeks. The guy is a good husband and father, and I don't mind at all that he's into grass. Bob is about 25 pounds overweight and seems to be in good health. He can work high, play high, and drive high. He's an absolute dream. He explains he is used to being up there. It's like his normal state. Please find out what you can about smoking dope and calories. We would like to know. Signed, Dayton, Ohio. Dear Dayton, normal state, my grandfather's mustache. I just hope when he's high behind the wheel, you and the kids are in another car. If Bob lost six pounds in a few days when he ran out of pot, the logical deduction is that he eats more when he's high, the same way most people put away more food after they've had a few belts. The reason? Alcohol and mind-altering drugs immobilize the censoring agent, and a what-the-hell attitude takes over. Pot contains THC, which is a mind-altering drug, and don't let anyone tell you it isn't. Anne! She's really, like, anti. Well, she's very anti-weed. Now, me, I have a martini at 10 a.m., and that's an entirely different thing. I can only function when I'm buzzed. And so can my jewels. After I have a couple bumps at lunchtime, I'm raring to go again, baby. Sometimes people need coffee. I need the cocaine. I don't have a problem. I do a, I do a kilo of cocaine at breakfast. I do two kilos at lunch. And then a sensible dinner. It's like <laughs> the slim it's fast. the slim fast diet. Actually, it is in the 80s. That was probably more effective. And then I go to Richard Simmons on the weekend and I work out with several other females in a room that has uh, carpeted walls. I have uh, six capsules of Dexatrim. I have four tab colas. And then I go to my Sheena Easton 30-minute workout at Bally's. And then I weigh in at Jenny Craig. And she's very proud of me. And then I buy some of her garbage food and I eat it. (laughs) Moth went to Jenny Craig for a while and I ended up eating half of her food. (laughs) Jenny Craig had an omelet that was very good. I want the record to reflect. She did. Um, I like that she's like, he seems like he's fine. I mean, he just, he, he does awake and bake. And then he, he, he at 10 a.m., he hotboxes me and the kids. And, you know, then he's off to work. But he, he has a bong in his car. I thought that was a little weird. It's like Cheech and Chong, and, you know. And then when he gets home from work, he, he does a couple lines off my ass. And then we're ready for bed. He's a perfectly normal, organized man. Have you ever done awake and bake? Maybe in college. I dated a guy who did that once. Oh, I don't mean to brag. And I was Mm. like, how do you start the day? How do you start the day? (laughs) I'm turning into Liza during this episode. (laughs) How do you start it? I got to start it with cocaine. I need an upper. I mean, I've had more downers, but let's be real. I need an upper in the morning to get me going, you know? Why do you need to do like you? It numbs. I don't. I don't know. I've never. I've never understood that. And that's quite all right. It's, it's just not, not your bag. 
It's not my jam, you guys. No judgment. Judgment. Let's speed yes. this puppy up, damn it. We've had a lot to say about Helen Hunt and the like today. <laughs> so you know what it's time for? Put that weed away and get that bump up your nose because it's time. Time. Four. Instagram. 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 Ooh, Instagram. Man. Don't do the crack, it is whack, but it's time for the mail. That's right, you can email us, dearpodofficial at gmail.com or slide into our DMs at dearpodofficial if you have a question that you would like to be answered on the air by us two unprofessional jackasses. So we have one Instagram mail question this week. Patois, do you want to answer it? Oh, actually, sure. wait. <gasps> oh, I'm not going to lie. This is the first time we've had an Instagram mail question that I have wanted to answer before you. Because okay, I fear that we will have a lot in common with our answers. Are you ready? Yes. Okay, we're going to switch it up this week. Dear Pod, okay. thinking of making the move from a big city to a small town, but I worry I'll miss the buzz and all the craziness. Is this just a fear of missing out or slowing down? Signed, Green Acres. Here I come. And here's what Anne has to say. Dear Green, turn your FOMO into faux yes. If we've learned nothing from the last two years, it's that city living ain't all it's cracked up to be. If you're getting burnt out on the endless pace, rising costs, and crack addicts treating the subway system like their own personal bongs, then maybe you need to seriously consider a transition from city mouse to country mouse. But if you're someone who constantly craves the 24-7 hubbub social buzz, you can get Thai food or an exotic dance or any time of day or night vibes, then the metropolitan life is the life for you. But methinks, since you asked me for advice on this in the first place, your heart is feeling a tug towards a simpler way of life. Just like Diane Keaton in the timeless classic Baby Boom. So ask yourself these simple questions. Are you feeling burnt out on city life? Are you feeling a pull towards a slower, simpler way of living? Have you been looking up real estate in the New York Times? Have you circled any orchards in Vermont? Have you ever had the urge to make, patent, or sell country baby? What are your thoughts on local veterinarians and potential sexual relationships that you could have with them? Where do you stand on turtlenecks? If your previous employer offered to buy Country Baby and put you on a salary of $1 million a year with a month's paid vacation, stock options, and use of the company jet, would you take it? These questions would give you a pretty solid gauge of where you stand and your need for city speed versus your go-for-the-country flow. Follow your heart, Country Mouse. And remember, if the food chain can put Country Baby on every grocery store shelf in America, then damn it, why can't you? Good luck, you house hunting son of a bitch, and happy booming. And if we had money every time we mentioned Baby Boom, I would have a house by now. Oh, okay, see, now I thought that you would go in that direction, and I just wanted to be the first one to get to the plate. And I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Tell me. Dear Green, if you're worried that you'll miss the smell of rotting garbage, junkies in the street, biker gangs running you over while crossing the street, and basically living in 1980s New York City, then maybe you need a psychologist. Consider taking trips to other bustling cities where pedestrians aren't thrown to the subway tracks in tribute, where dogs aren't running for their lives dodging heroin needles, where your monthly rent could get you a house that you actually own that has heat and hot water and windows. Imagine that. If you weigh the options and still think that equates slowing down, maybe I may I might suggest that you pay a visit to Dr. Frankenstein and donate your brain. Wow, I did not expect that. I was convinced you were going to go down the baby boom path with me. And I can't because we've already mentioned that we I can't know. go down that Well, path. guess what? I already did it, and I, I make no apologies for bringing for dragging Diane Keaton into our podcast again. No apologies. <laughs> you know, we both assumed 
that it was New York, but it doesn't say specifically New York. Correct. This could be another city. If you could live in another city, where would you live? Mm. <laughs> I, <guess. laughs> I can't wait for you to hear the sound of your chair. It did it again. Did it? <laughs> you literally go, if you could live in another city, where would you live? Right there. I'd live right in my ass. I don't exactly know. I don't know if I found it city. yet. You want to, do you want to, okay, city or country? Answer without thinking. Uh, right now it's country. Oh, see, you're feeling it. Yeah, but then it's like, what the fuck are you going to do there? Um, live like they live. What does that well, mean? Well, like how country are you well, thinking? Raise barns. You're never that, that far from a city. Unless yeah, you're yeah. like if in you're Montana. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to go to Montana because I don't want to be hate crimed and then hung up somewhere. I know, like on a wall. That could happen here, though. At this point, so I guess you're right. Pick a, a place with some nice greenery, but like and a nice wall to be hung up. I, it depends on what city it is. I think because there's cities that that feel close to the country. I would live in Boston again in mm. a heartbeat. I would. I love Boston. Uh, I love Chicago. I don't know about right now. I dig Chicago. No, one of our uh, one of our listeners is leaving Chicago. <gasps> Why is she going She's country? Re- she is to a better, safer, greener place. Is that the vibe? Is that like th- that's why she did it? Because she's like she just needs to not be in a city anymore, or is it because I think of the so. pandemic? Also, it's because I think it's. I mean, she deserves a little bit of change, and yeah, see, and some parts of Wisconsin are actually quite beautiful. And Here's wonderful. the thing: if you move, there's no saying you can't move back. The city yes. will always be there, running like a treadmill. At a Planet Fitness that somebody fell off. It's it's going on its own. You can always jump back in if you want to. I don't think anything is permanent. So just make it That's where change. you're wrong. That's where you're wrong. Once you give up your apartment, you never get that rent back. And well, then you have to start from current market value. In the case of New York, fucked. yeah. I mean, but how... I mean, well, yeah, that in San Francisco. I pick all the yeah. most expensive cities. Of course. Of course. It's where things are popping. Right. Why would I? Do you think, would what would to... you miss if you moved out to a country atmosphere right now? Well, I would never see any of the people that I normally see. because So you is, feel and... like it's your social network would go away entirely. Well, that and there's nothing to do. It's like we see shows all the time. Yeah, but we if you like, out, went social. to Woodstock, you could come into the city whenever you want and you'd still have the country life. No. I'm really trying same. to. I'm trying to work it's with not you the same. here. I'm trying. It's to, not the same. Oh my God! Stop hitting me! Stop hitting me with your words. Okay, fine. Then you know what? If we can't do drugs, let's drink at least from afar. I'm gonna drink okay. for you because I'm. Oh, I like that. I think of you. I'm. I don't, You know, not all heroes oh. wear capes. I don't want to say that I'm brave, but I'm here for you. Okay, because you, you know what? Brave. It's time for. It's, it's time, time for a specialty, specialty cocktail. Specialty, specialty drink. drink. We don't have any more drugs, so we're just supposed to drink. That's all that we've got. We've got a shit ton of bourbon. So maybe I'll snort it up my nose just to switch it up a little bit and then shoot it in my foot. That's the thing about watching all these drug movies and things. You know, there's so many drug shows. It's like, think about Breaking Bad. Think about Ozark, all this stuff. And then you see somebody shoot a heroin needle in, in their foot, and then you're just like, no, no. I can't, I can't watch it. I can't. I, I'm terrified of needles, so this, I can't do the drugs. So everybody be excited. All right, this week's Maybe special. Maybe we should teach you how to do it. I know, I need to, as long as I do it safely. As long as you guys do this in a safe house, at least I know you're doing it here under my roof. <laughs> That's how I roll. All right, so this week's specialty cocktail is the horse pill. When it takes a gallon of water to choke down his nightly tablets, James Jules Ferris misses the simpler days of Flintstone chewable vitamins. Interesting. He made it about 
pharmacogenetic drugs. Okay. For this, you will need one and a half ounces of bourbon, five ounces of ginger ale, and one lemon peel spiral garnish. Nothing too fancy, right? Before throwing ice into a highball or Collins glass, place the lemon peel in the glass, spiraling up from the bottom, with the curled end of the spiral hanging over the rim of the glass. That's if you got some time to burn. Then put the ice down through the center of the spiral, and then build the drink. The piece hanging over the edge should look like a stylized horse's neck and head. So, you know, good luck with that. Yeah. Here are the tasting notes. I'm no good with the narcotics. One St. Joseph's chewable aspirin, and I am under the table putting on heels and doing my French cabaret act. But that's a story for another podcast produced in the future by Pineapple Ranch Productions. Thanks again to the king of cocktails, Mr. Dale DeGroff. We now offer you your fix of the week. Also known as the horse's neck, this horse pill will not be hard to swallow. The bourbon you're used to. I'm, I assume that's what you wash down your daily handful of Vicodin with. And the ginger ale will help your bleeding ulcer from all those pills burn a little less. The six-fingered brother to this drink is the aggressive-sounding Jack and Ginger. But damn it, we pill poppers have a little more class than that. As proven by the swirly lemon peel garnish, which will make your outward appearance a little less Keith Richards and a little more Mary Richards. Cheers to you and cheers to this monkey on my back. Now, since we're zooming, uh, oh, I just uh, cheers you. <laughs> Bottom, but God damn it. Uh, Bottoms up. Oh, uh, was that a, was that a, a wham a song? Monkey on your back. Ooh, I wouldn't be surprised. That feels very, um, on brand. Yeah. This is just kind of a, uh, it's fine. <laughs> You fancy. heard it here first. No. Yeah. If I were to Yelp review this, it would be a solid two and a half. It's fine. Five. It's okay. <laughs> it's all right. It's, neither, it's not hurting anybody. It's not changing anybody's life. You know? Fair. Mm. Liz, fair. Like jazz. It's not hurting anybody. It's not changing anyone's life. <laughs> but frankly, and I'm saying this again loud and proud on the, on the on the pod because we are approaching the summer season. Tequila drinks, damn it. We need tequila. Enough of this bourbon. Would it tequila? Was right. To, would it tequila to tequila? Would you, what about Tila tequila? Where, where's she? What's she been up to? You know? I think she's a right wing Republican. Oh, God. Really? I believe we so. We pick the best ones to turn it. It's like the Victoria Jacksons of the world. Tila tequila. It's almost like we, we don't know what to do with these. These misfit toys. <laughs> so let's send them over to the other side and see if they can repurpose them. You know? And, she like, definitely I has like that button broken. eye. <laughs> What'd you say? <laughs> I think mine's broken. I think my SNL star is broken. My, te- my Tila Tequila reality star is broken, you guys. Send her the Republicans. They'll know what to do with her. So are I back on. <laughs> we got her. We got her. We got her, you guys. It's okay. We know what to do from here. <laughs> This is a very impressive swirl, I will say. It's like um, when somebody can peel an apple and not have it break. Look at that. Whoa. Look at that, Patty. It's like a worm. It's so oh, very God. long. I, I don't That's know how like to an get... ingrown hair. I, oh, yeah. It's always a surprise, isn't it? I don't know how to get it back in. Oh, no, that wasn't Wham. It was just George Michael. Oh, he was out on his own at that point. And he's like, you know what? Here's the thing. I'm going out on my own, you guys. And I'm thinking my debut song. Are you ready for this? Okay. George Michael, out on his own. First time. You guys know me from Wham. You ready? Yes. Monkey on my back. But it's about an actual monkey. Because that worked Mm -hmm. for Michael Jackson. Well, that's what I've got bubbles. On my crack. Well, uh, we can try it. I'm not saying no to anything. I mean, he is a gentle kisser. <laughs> he is so, he's a nice, easy, he's an easy lover. Hey, that's another song. Sold it to Phil Collins. God damn. I'm going on a Phil Collins trip lately. Like I just, I'm, I'm re-listening. Like with him? Yes, wouldn't that be great? If, 
don't make a girl dream because you know what? I'm just going around collecting like Q level celebrities at this point to hang out with. But Phil Collins is no Q level celeb. He is. Mm-mm. He's like a, a multi gajillionaire, don't you think? I would think so at this yeah. point. Yeah. I put him in the Barry Manilow category of money. And he probably has all those Muppets from Land of Illusion still. Oh my God, I hate you so much. I literally was talking about that with someone the other day. I said to somebody, I was like, he looks like, you know what he looks like? One of the puppets from that Phil Collins video. Like that's what I described them as, which is so specific. And if you know what I'm talking about, you have a very clean picture of what this person looks like. (laughs) And if not, you should probably Google it anyway. I mean, you're Googling Helen Hunt jumping out of a plate glass window anyway. You might as well. You're already there. Yeah, because you're also just one toke away from jumping out of the plate glass window. Crack is frack. It really is, you know. But it's delicious. This episode of Deer Pod is mixed and edited by Jim Ferris and is a property of Pineapple Ranch Productions.